Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Jesus, I just ask you, as we turn to look at this whole topic of Sabbath, this whole rule of life that aids us in developing a deeper sense of awareness of you, a deeper sense of just abiding with you, and a deeper sense of spirituality. I just pray that you would that you would be the one who by your Holy Spirit helps us to practice this thing of Sabbath. Not just learn about it, not just know about it, but you would help us to practice it. Yeah. That we might not just know about or learn about you, Jesus, but we might know you, Jesus, in a deeper, deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, as I said, we're looking at this um, first practice of a rule of life. So we started back in January looking at this idea of um, the this overarching theme of rule of life, which is about practices, spiritual practices, or you could say spiritual disciplines, or you could say habits, all kinds of things that we would probably associate quite quickly with what the kind of things we might do or involving as Christians, but that these, this rule of life, these practices are the things that help us to kind of develop our own sense of abiding with Jesus, but also help us develop our own sense of spirituality. And we, we looked at how this term rule of life, that the word rule comes from the Greek word, which means, which means trellis. Um, and as we might know, a trellis is a frame that enables a grapevine to grow upward, becoming more fruitful and productive. And in the same way, a rule of life is a trellis that helps us abide in Christ and become more fruitful spiritually. So this practice or these rules of this rule of life is not in itself the goal. It's not that I get to a point where I am really, really, really good at reading my Bible, or I'm really good at praying, or I'm really good at fasting or Sabbathing. And that in itself is not the goal. They are tools or practices that help us, that guide us, so that we can become more have a more deeper sense of abiding and being present with Jesus, but equally have a deeper spirituality and a more fruitful spirituality, as you might see with um, the grapevine analogy. So we know from John 15, you've got that famous verse where Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, or you abide in the vine, that you'll bear much fruit. And this idea that actually the trellis, the wooden part of that, that is not the goal. The goal is not to have a really cool trellis. The goal is not to have a really cool structure and then you go, I've got this really cool structure and you go to the, the shop, Sainsbury's or Tesco's and go, this was kind of grown on a really cool structure but the wine tastes disgusting or the grapes taste disgusting. That's not the goal. The, the, no matter how good the trellis is, the aim of the trellis is, is to enable the vine to bear fruit, to grow, to develop and that's the whole point of all of these practices. They are important. They are really key but the aim in itself, the end goal is not the practice. The end goal is the fruitful relationship with Jesus, the, the, the sense of fruitful spirituality in our own lives, um, which come from having these practices in place. In the same way, without the trellis, that vine doesn't grow as well as it would do with it. Therefore, it becomes a subtle thing as we go down the line with this, 
we start to de develop these practices. Like, oh, the practice is really great. I'm really good at that. That's what the goal is. And it's that, that sort of thing. So the practice is there to help us develop that relationship with Jesus. So we're going to look at the first um, one of these practices. There's, depending on who you speak to, there's, there's kind of between seven and ten of these practices. We've kind of brought it down to seven um, of them. And the first one we're looking at is Sabbath. And it's a term that we might be familiar with. It's a term that we might have heard um, before. I'm sure we've been in church long enough where the Sabbath is a key kind of term. We have an idea of it. But I want to kind of talk about it a bit more and just unpack it a bit. Uh, we're going to look at it in four different parts over the next four weeks. Um, I'm going to talk today about the idea of stopping as part of Sabbath and that being a really, really important part of it. Um, the, and then we're going to look also look at how Sabbath is also being how we become to rest and that's a part of sabbath but equally it's about delighting and also about worshiping and there's not again there's not necessarily a kind of consecutive flow of those things they do connect that when we stop we probably find some rest we then start to be able to delight in what's around us and then we start to worship god and engage in that relationship with him but equally it's not like i've got to stop first then rest then delight then worship it's not that although there might be some connection they're not necessarily having to be in that order mm. um i do think it's important and i want to say um this that in the same way that the practices are not the goal the aim is not i become a really good sabbather okay the aim is that my sabbathing enables me to abide and have a deep relationship with jesus equally we have to practice the the pra we have to practice the practices because we live in a very 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 knowledge-based age that because i know about something that gives me this false sense of security therefore i must be doing it in my life or it must be having an impact in my life that because of the information age when it's that almost the insight the moment of enlightenment about something makes us feel oh wow that's amazing but if we just leave it at that then that doesn't actually mean anything's changed in our lives and actually, it's a key part of it. You might leave this morning, and I hope you do, going, that's amazing, I've never seen it from that point of view before, and that would be brilliant, but then it can't stop there. It has to then be going, okay, I've seen this, now I'm going to go and actually put this into practice. I'm actually going to do this. This is going to change the way that my everyday, my week, my month, whatever it may look, so there's going to be a change in this thing. And it's really, really key that we actually practice the practices there will not be the fruitfulness there will not be the depth of relationship that develops without actually doing this stuff and putting it into practice in the first place so um we kind of see that idea when in philippians and again i'm trying to just put the foundation in place because i don't want some of what i say later to come across as too heavy but it's important so it talks about in philippians so the practice themselves are not the goal but we've got to practice the practices and in the same way in philippians paul kind of sums this up and he says therefore my beloved as you always obeyed not uh, not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure it's a really strange phrase and sort of sentence because he talks about the fact that We've got to work out our salvation. Now, the key phrase with that is he's not saying we've got to work for. And that's a massive distinction. Paul is not saying you've got to do these things to get salvation. Or you've got to do these things to get Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. The practices are not the goal. But the practices help us to work out what already exists. 
Jesus is present with us right now. But the practices help us to become aware of that, to develop that, to work out from that place of him being present and come to know him more. And we do that with fear and trembling. And the reason that that I think is key in that phrase is this is not a kind of like, and I'll come on to this a little bit later, this is not like a, I guess I kind of like that one, but I'm not too sure about that one. I'm not saying I'm the oracle of this stuff, hence why we've got all the books at the back. There's loads of the resources we'll share. But again, we sometimes live in a kind of um, a spiritual context where it's like, I like that bit, but I don't like that bit. This is about actually, these things are serious. They, they kind of have a significant impact on the way that we walk out life with Jesus. And therefore, it's not just like, I want to pick that bit because I like that bit, but I don't like that bit, so I won't do that. We have to look at the holistic thing of going, okay, what is it to be a follower of Jesus? Even the bits I'm not too sure about, it's about working out in a serious and kind of reflective way. Um, and then the interesting bit, the last bit, which I think is fascinating. So we do this thing, we put these practices in place, and then he goes on to say, we do this thing, then he says, but it's God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Because what starts to happen is when we start to put the practice in place, God starts to work in us in a way that he didn't before. So actually it becomes almost effortless. But the, the hard work is putting the practice in place. But the result of that means that we just start to bear fruit. And that fruit just starts to grow and to grow and to grow. Because we've become in that place of that trellis, that, that rule of life, that practice that enables that growth to happen effortlessly, where it starts to be that actually God is is working in us that means our will, our choices are starting to change, that our, our behaviours, our doing is starting to change because God's now able to work in us in a way that he wasn't before because we're putting these practices in place. Does that all make sense? Yeah. That all okay? I want to say all that to the start before we actually look into Sabbath. So... Term Sabbath, um, we trace it back, as we can see, we trace it back to both from the word sabbatical and Sabbath to the Greek word, which is sabbatation, um, which then traces back to the Hebrew word, Hebrew word Shabbat, which means rest. So the Old Testament places God's day of rest, um, that's referred most famously in Genesis, and we will look at Genesis in a little bit. But this, this idea that, that a Sabbath is this, this, this moment of stopping, this moment of rest, this moment of ceasing, this moment of, of, of pausing, this moment where there's this work, 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 and then there's a stop. There's a very deliberate moment. One thing I think is important when we're looking at this is Sabbath is not just a day off. That's not the point of this thing. Like, we hopefully all have days off in a week, okay? Sabbath is not just a day off. It's also not um, a day necessarily just to binge netflix because you need some downtime okay that's not necessarily well it's not sabbath thing that's a different thing i'm not saying don't binge netflix do that but don't call that sabbath because that's not what it what it's about it's also not a day to get all of our non-paid work done so we maybe have jobs when we use maybe our saturday or whatever it may be mm-hmm. Saturday's day i'm going to clean the house i'm going to do the washing i'm going to do all that kind of stuff again those things need doing but that's not sabbath Sabbath is a very deliberate day where we intentionally engage with God and family and community around us. It's a deliberate day where we stop, but stop for relationship, stop for connection with God. It's a day where we engage in rest, that we do stuff that is restful for our souls, that is a, brings us to a place of just better awareness and sense of closeness to God and those around us. It's not necessarily just an, 
I think in isolation it can be we can do it on our own that's not wrong that's fine it can equally be something that's in family or that's in community that we look at across the whole kind of history Sabbath often was a community aspect a community based thing if not in the whole thing at least in part and therefore it's not necessarily that's an isolation thing this is my day with just me and God no one is going to come near and that's important especially when you've got kids and you've got family because it's not possible there's no way that we can Sabbath if we think it's just a day for me and God on my own that, that would never happen every week because kids and family and friends and all that kind of stuff creep into that but it's a community thing but it's about that intentionality it's a space to rest and to delight and to worship and to bring into that space of, of just exploring what it is to be with God so we have this kind of idea of roughly what it is and this will unpack as we go through the next few weeks I don't want to tread on toes of what Sai is going to share but this idea of, of resting and delighting and worshipping are really key parts that define what, what Sabbath is but today I want to talk about how it's about stopping and how it's about coming to that place of pause and we see this kind of in a couple of places so Jesus talks about in Matthew 11 he says come to me all you who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus got this idea of coming to the place of rest with him. That following Jesus is a, we do that from a place of rest. To properly follow Jesus, we do it from a place of rest. And therefore Sabbath is a key part of that, because Sabbath is where we come into that place of just stopping and resting equally jesus did this because the idea of sabbath as we alluded to before is not just something that is a modern thing and it's not just something that's a nice idea and it's not necessarily even something that's just a a kind of thing that might have been in the old testament although interestingly of the ten commandments i think the sabbath commandment um is takes up 37 percent of the space of the ten commandments which is just an interesting thing and equally as interesting, the Sabbath commandment is the only one, the only one of the commandments where they're told to remember. So they, they're, they're, they're told to remember to Sabbath, which implies this is something that predates all that kind of stuff. So this is not necessarily what it's about commandment. It's not necessarily about whether it's just a modern thing with Jesus. This is about actually Jesus practice this idea of rest and us coming to him to find rest for our souls because this is something that is wide into the very fabric of existence because god in the beginning we know this on the seventh day god had finished the work he'd been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all of his work then god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done now this is really key because a little bit of a pop quiz what happened on day six i'm not trying to catch you out creating humans so god creates humans on day six on day seven, he rests, which means the first day of existence for humans is rest. It's not work, it's rest. Their first experience of being with God is a day of rest. Interestingly, as well as that, we also have... Um, I think I've just might put them on. Okay. Interestingly, when we look at creation account and we look at the way that God made the rest of the days, 
that we have this repeated phrase after every single day that says, um, and there was mo- evening and there was morning the first day or the second day or the third day or, what, or whatever it may be. And you have this similar idea again that the rhythm of, of creation was evening and then morning. Not morning and then evening. The idea being that actually the rhythm of creation is that you rest and then you work. You don't work and then rest. Yeah. Now, some of that is semantic in terms of how we look at our week nowadays. Like you could argue, well, okay, my week starts on Sunday, so I definitely rest and I start the week. Maybe you do, and that, that's fine. But I think it's the, the attitude that sits with that. It's the, okay, where does my week start from? Where do I work from? Where do I function from? And we have this idea within, within the, the kind of creation thing that, that Sabbath practice, this idea of rest, is an ancient primal life rhythm. This is not just a nice idea. This is something that's actually built into the very fabric of human existence. And therefore, for us to not practice it is to go against the very thing that we have been made to practice. And therefore, we're going to go against the grain of our existence and the, the, our, our creation. And therefore, the idea being that if we do that, what ends up happening is what we see all around us is that people become burnt out. People become emotionally unhealthy. People become um, physically unhealthy. People become um, angry, irritated, that, that society doesn't function as well. And I'm not saying all of that has to do with this, but the point being that there's so much part of our human desire that longs this, but we're struggling to find where it is. Mm. And therefore, it's tricky, because you've got the grain of, of creation that, that set us up to need to rest and to Sabbath and have that day of stopping. On the other side, you've got a society and a culture that functions the complete opposite way. That it's about go, 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 do, 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 fill in as much as you possibly can. I can't afford to have a day off. If I have a day off, then everything falls apart or um, whatever it may be. And we've got these two counter kind of opposite forces that, that, that are taking place. Just another really interesting thing. And again, don't read too much into it, just it's fascinating. There is a group, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists, who will ignore lots of their theology, but on some things, they are probably one of the only Christian groups who strictly enforce people to still practice Sabbath on a Sunday. In terms of like the kind of, perhaps the extreme levels we would have thought of where they don't do any work, they don't touch anything. It's not necessarily a bad practice. What's fascinating is that... um, they, on average, when compared against to the kind of population of America, on average, they live 11 years longer than, than most Americans do. What's even more interesting is if you were to count up the number of Sabbaths and number of Sundays that they, they take for their whole life having practiced that, it is between 10 and 12 years. Those, those they, they, they don't up to. So their kind of practice of that thing actually changes something on the inside of them. And I'm not saying we read too much into that, but the point being is that it's interesting. It's an interesting thing that perhaps they have kind of stuck with something that is actually beyond just a religious duty and obligation and actually is perhaps much more about actually God created us and on the first day we rested and then went to work. He definitely wasn't anti-work. He told them to go and have dominion, to rule, to do those kind of things. He wasn't anti-work, but he said, I want you to do it from a place of rest. I want you to do it from a place of Sabbath. I want you to do it from that space. So, it's kind of like, and I was trying to think of an analogy to do this. So, 
it's kind of like a river. And on that river, you've got these motorized boats or tankers or speedboats or kind of cruise ships or whatever it may be or miniature ships. We're going to say these kind of motorized boats are all going a certain direction. Then they're going against the flow of the river, against the natural flow of the river. They're, they're, they're kind of going the opposite direction. And then you've got us, and we are in a place where we kind of, we know, we're sitting here now knowing, I hope, that actually this practice of Sabbath, this idea of stopping, of pausing, of resting, is something that's built into the very fabric of our created order. That it's built there, and going against that doesn't do us any good whatsoever. So you've got the flow of the river, which is the kind of flow of the created order, and then, then you've got the flow of the kind of traffic or the boats on that river. And there's us who are then going, okay, we might sit here this morning and go, well, I want to now go and try and practice this, Steve. I think it's great. I think you've convinced me. I think it's a wonderful idea. I'm definitely going to try and practice this. What we will find is we will find ourselves going, maybe going with the flow of the river, but against the flow of culture, against the flow of the normal everyday life and existence of people. That we will find, even in ourselves, that kind of resistance to, but I can't afford to do that Steve I can't afford to to practice that Sabbath rest because I need to work on that day or I need to do household tasks on that day or I need to do X, Y and Z on that day or whatever it may be all the things and we'll find that kind of resistance to that kind of thing because it goes against the culture it goes against what's happening in our society and therefore one thing that, that that's kind of really key with that is that we are not um, we don't have to okay add something extra into our lives this isn't about adding into our kind of week this isn't about adding extra so that we can start to sabbath because then what we do by adding extra is we become another boat that's buoyed up by something else we're adding more into our life because we've got to sabbath sabbathing is not about addition it's about subtraction it's about removing things from our, our week it's about removing things from from our days, we're removing things so that we can find space to stop. Because when we see it from that point of view, and it not being about addition but subtraction, it's like we're removing perhaps boys that hold us up and keep us in the rhythm of culture, that keep the keep, keep us in the rhythm of society, that keep us in the rhythm of that kind of go, 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 don't stop, 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 but keep, keep, keep going, keep adding, keep working, all that kind of stuff. It keeps us buoyed up into that above-surface traffic of the boats, that above-surface traffic of what's going on. When we start to remove things, when we start to subtract things, it's like taking off those boys, like taking off those things that keep us in that kind of culture, that keep us floating on the surface of what's going on. And we start to take off those boys, and what we start to do is we then start to sink. But by sinking, we are sinking into the natural flow of creation, rather than the flow of culture. And that's a really important thing. It's a lovely picture and analogy as to the idea of sinking into the flow of the river, sinking below the traffic of all the stuff that goes on above. But actually the quite powerful part of that is that when we look at this, and when you go away and talk about this as a family and look at this as whatever it may be, and realise that actually what we're talking about is removing things from our day-to-day life, not adding things in. This is not going home today and going, right, I somehow need to squeeze Sabbath into my already packed week. That's not what this is. Because then that just becomes another motorized boat that keeps us functioning the same way that the rest of society, the rest of culture functions, 
and I'm just gonna try and add something onto the top of it. Yeah. And it kind of defeats the point of what we're trying to do. This is about going away and going, okay, I think this is a key part of it. What can I remove from my week that can create some space for me to practice this thing? Mm. Yeah. And therefore that allows us to sink beneath the surface <coughs> of the kind of busyness of go, the, goes on and get into the flow of, of that creation order, that, that kind of creation way of doing stuff. It's not about addition, it's about subtracting. And therefore, I'm not going to say much more because this idea of stopping is something that requires us to remove things from, from our lives. And therefore, I want to look at some tips, some ideas, just to get us started if this is something new or this is something you've looked at before. For myself and Susie, um, we've tried to do this. Um, we are still working towards it. We kind of practice it from a Thursday evening where we have a meal uh, together and then we practice it until kind of pretty much the end of the school day on Friday because that helps us at the, this moment in time because it means we don't have to do it extensively with the kids yet. We will do that eventually, but we're not there yet. Um, equally, we've managed to move things around so that our work patterns work with that flow of stuff. Um, we have cancelled, I have cancelled meetings that, that were recurring on a Thursday or a Friday to make space for that and move them elsewhere in the week. So it's not like I'm shirking responsibilities. I'm going, okay, that doesn't fit there anymore. I need to move that away. But that took time. That probably took me a month and a half to kind of get those things out of the rhythm. Same for Susie. Um, and we don't do it perfectly because we still end up creeping into like, okay, we've got the house. We need to sort this out in the house. And therefore stuff get, gets in. But the, that's what I want to almost communicate. I say we probably started this before Christmas and we are practicing it better than we ever practiced it. But there's still lots of stuff where we're still working these things through. But genuinely trying to create space from Thursday evening to that Friday end of the school day where actually that's just a space to rest, a space to be together space to talk, a space to pray, a space to, to delight in God, a space to do all that kind of stuff and just kind of protect that space. And it's, it, it's tricky, it's hard because there is that press of the, the boats, for want of a better expression, that kind of come in and try and take you a different direction. Whereas actually it's about, okay, can we just keep this there? So I say this stuff not because by any stretch of the imagination we are there, but we are moving that direction. And therefore just some tips, some thoughts along the way that I picked up from other places as well. Um, I think... One of the key things is go away, maybe start now, but maybe start with the, the kind of four-week series. Ends up to you, but decide when works best for you to Sabbath. So obviously, well not obviously, but from a kind of Jewish tradition, it is Friday night to Saturday night. That's when they would do that, and that sometimes works really well for people, because a lot of people work nine to five from Monday to Friday, and then if we get to Friday actually practicing it from Friday night to Saturday night might work quite well because actually that that's works especially because whereas the kind of Christian culture is it's a Sunday and that can also work really well you can use Sunday morning church to kind of kick it off and then run it through to the end of the day sometimes a tricky part of Sundays and if I'm honest a tricky part for us on a Sunday is that whilst we love it it can sometimes be work if that makes sense that I can be going to speak somewhere or even what it may be and therefore it's, it's kind of blurs the lines a little bit um, but that doesn't mean that's the case for everybody like the point is to find out when it works for us like it's not even a Saturday or Sunday it's that Thursday night to Friday night that works for us okay um, equally don't start big if it's not going to work there's no point thinking about we're going to write off whole of Saturday and we're going to Sabbath and that's definitely going to happen if that's not going to work okay start 
intentionally, but with con consistently. Look at this, try and do the same day of the week, okay? Because it makes a difference to your body. I know my body gets itself worked up and kind of re ready to rest on that Thursday night. I can feel it. We've done it for three months. I can feel my body start to be ready to rest and ready to get us to that point. And that's because of consistency. It knows it's starting to affect how my body functions. It knows it's coming to that point and therefore it will start to rest. So pick the same, the same slot, but start small if you need to, three or four hours, uh, but actually stop. Don't kind of go, I'll do three or four hours, but I'll just do this little bit in here, but actually go, okay, if I can do three hours, but genuinely try and stop, rest, pause, delight, do those kind of things in that space. Um, again, it's not a fixed thing because none of this is necessarily fixed. It's just practice guidance um, and it is a big one. If possible, like it looked at in Genesis and like throughout most of kind of the past and our example through history, try and start at night. So start at night, maybe um, with a meal or with something to mark the start of that Sabbath. There's lots of different things to do. We do a meal, um, but equally some people like candles. Some people kind of have a prayer. Some people use their Sunday morning service, church, as a point to kick it off. Okay, that kicks off us. Okay, the point is find something that, that marks that point where you go, okay, this is when it's going to start. This is then that. And equally, a point when it ends. And we haven't got to the end part yet. We haven't kind of done that thinking through yet. But that almost then marks the, the end of it. Like this is where it starts with this action, this thing here, and this is where it ends with this thing just here. Um, equally, and some of these we've done, some that we haven't done, but try and do different activities in the day uh, that speak of stopping or resting or delighting or whatever it may be to you. Um, there's a, these are examples of them. I'll make them bigger when I show up. But like, like I said, lighting candles, blessing children, um, spending time with God alone, spending time with friends, friends and family, reading scriptures, napping, walking. There's lots of singing, lots of stuff in there, but stuff that that is a speaks to you of delight and of rest and of being with family and being with friends and being with those who are close to you and that sense of attention and attentiveness to God but my encouragement and I'm not going to say anything else other than um, is go away is my thing not working is go away and just pray about it think about it talk about it with family talk about it together think about it on your own whatever it may be but look at okay can I actually practice this thing? Not have I learned something cool and new about Sabbath today, but can I actually go away and put this thing into practice? Because what it does is it acts as that trellis that just acts as that kind of, that guide, that kind of framework that just enables us to abide more deeply with Jesus. And it might not work straight away. It might not be the thing that kind of happens immediately. It might be. You might be in a place in your life where actually this is just exactly the right time to bring this in it might not be but one of the things that we do eat whether it's easy or whether it's hard is that sense of deliberately practicing this thing is i read a bit of research on it that, that talked about the j curve um and the j curve is that a lot of the time when, when we start these kind of things especially things that go against culture or society that go against the the current way of things is that with a J, I'm trying to do it your way instead of my way. With a J, the idea is that it goes down before it goes up. And sometimes when we start to do this thing, it might be that actually our experience of it is that this gets worse before it gets better. Actually, I feel less rested right now, Steve, than I did 
before I start practicing this. I feel less like I'm abiding with God than I did before, Steve. This is nonsense. But actually what we can trust in is the fact that this is not a practice that we've randomly picked out from somewhere. This is not even just something that we've heard about a few people. This is something that's been practiced from the very beginning of time, the whole way through. So it might feel like in the immediate, this isn't working. But as we stick to that practice and get into that rhythm and routine and give ourselves tons of grace to not get it right, and just we'll find actually then eventually it starts to shift the direction that we know it should shift because this is about God willing in us to do and to act on his behalf. It changes something inside us when we practice these things. So I'm going to stop there. So Jesus, I thank you for, for um, your example to us. And I just pray that you would help us in this season of exploring this topic of Sabbath and practicing this thing of Sabbath. You'd help us to understand it. You'd help us to, um, to practice it. And you just help us as we do practice it that we wouldn't be too hard on ourselves, too critical of ourselves, too um, quick to expect results immediately, but you just help us to be consistently approaching it and practicing it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.